Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Send the light. You know, that's what we're here for. And this morning, I've been praying about some of the series the Lord's put upon my heart as far as messages. Uh, coming up, we're going to have a series on uh, Help Us, Lord. It's going to be the, the theme. And it's going to be a series of messages taken from the book of Chronicles and Kings where God's people needed help. And they asked Him, and He blessed. And the challenge through that series will be for our church to ask God for help. Help us. You see, God is the one who can build a church. God is the one who can send. God is the one who works. And that's who we need. But also, we can make it practical, too, personal. You know, whenever we have problems, we need to seek God's help. Uh, and so that will be a series that I hope will encourage you on seeking God's help from everything from a problem in your family, a problem at work, to a problem... Just in your personal life or a health problem. We'll talk about that. And then in the summer, we're going to have a series on on Forward by Faith. On the the book of Joshua, how they went forward by faith. And each step was faith. And we got to live by faith. And so we'll look at that. Uh, This series, beginning today, uh, for the next two weeks, is the importance of our church. The importance of our church. Uh, Why I believe our church is needed today and why we should be faithful to our church and why we should get involved in our church and why we pray that God will bless our church and add to our church because there are some needs that I think our church fills in this community and in this world and how it's important for our church to continue doing the work that God has for us. And so this morning I want to talk about, I believe, the greatest need in the world, which is salvation. Someone getting right with God, accepting Christ as their Savior, understanding they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And so we're going to look at John 4, verse 35. And today the lesson or the the message is take a closer look at the world. Take a closer look. Uh, I want to encourage you, I guess challenge you this morning, to consider the world around you and the importance of the work we have to do today. You notice in the book of John, chapter 4, it says here in verse 35, he says, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white, are ready to harvest. I have three thoughts I want to share with you this morning from this passage, and I hope to encourage you as you serve the Lord. I encourage you to pray about serving God. Pray for our church. And pray about the work that is in front of us because it's a great work. And here's the first thought I want to encourage you with. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Notice what he said here. Jesus says here, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. So here's what we have. The Lord had finished talking to this Samaritan woman. He had met her at the well. This whole chapter covers that or the beginning portion of this chapter covers their meeting. He met her at the well, asked her for water. The conversation turned from the physical to spiritual. And he said, I'm the water that will satisfy your thirst, quench your thirst. In other words, those that believe on me will find me sufficient, will be satisfied. He's talking about salvation, receiving him as their savior, having a shepherd in your life. And so he taught that to the woman there. And she listened. The conversation went back and forth. He answered her questions. And as he's finishing the conversation, the apostles come back. They were evidently off into the city. And here they come back and they arrive. And you'll notice they said nothing. 
They saw her, saw him talking to this woman, and they didn't get involved in the conversation. They didn't say a word. They just set aside. The, the scriptures indicate that, pointed out that they that nothing was said. Uh, and after the woman left, uh, notice it says here that she uh, believed. She says in verse twenty six, Jesus said to her, "I speaketh am he." And it says, and then his disciples came, and it says, and the, word, the woman then left her water pot and went her way to the city and saith unto the men. She went and told the men all about Christ and all about what he had done and what he had said and who he was. But after she left is when Christ addressed the apostles. And if you'll notice, the first thing that we find is they asked him if he was hungry. You know, have you ever had someone just kill the whole mood about something? You know, you, you have this, you're excited about something, and then someone comes in, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, why'd you have to say that? Man, you just ruined everything. Well, here he's talking about spiritual matters, and he sees this woman just get things right with the Lord and get ready to go in and tell everyone else. And the apostles are like, hey, you want something to eat, you know? And they're not even concerned with the spiritual matters. You know, I think that's the first thing that we need to notice here is they just weren't paying attention. They just weren't paying attention to the spiritual condition of people. And I don't want to attack them because I find myself doing the same thing sometimes. It's just so easy to get caught up with the physical or the material world that we lose sight of the spiritual need in this world. And so this morning, here's the thought here. Are you paying attention to the world around you? Are you paying attention to the world around you? Not, not the politics, or the business, or the news, and there's nothing wrong with those things as far as following those and knowing what's going on. I I try to stay informed on what's happening in the world. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we're not careful, we can lose sight of the spiritual work. Let me give you a few ways we can lose sight of the spiritual work. The first one is we can become selfish. And when we become selfish, it's all about us. All about what I want, all about what I need, all about what I think should be done. Uh, you know, when we become selfish, we lose sight of others because it's about us. And sometimes you can become selfish without even realizing it. I've done that. I woke up. I thought, well, I didn't even think about this person. I've just been thinking about myself. And so we must be careful of becoming selfish and having a selfish focus in life. Uh, secondly, how about the world? We can have a worldly focus. We're, we're just focused on what's going on in the world, on, you know gaining the world or looking for the world or the treasures of the world. You know, the Bible tells us that it's okay to you know, enjoy what God's blessed us with. It's okay to have a good job. It's okay to enjoy having a house or a car or whatever the Lord's blessed you with. So long as you don't pursue that, don't make that your love in life. Don't lose focus of who's given that to you. Don't lose sight of what God wants us to do and focus on the spiritual matters. And then here's another one. How about misplaced? Focus or misplaced priorities. Here's the way I like to put this. You know, there are a lot of good things out there that we can get involved with that if we let the, those things take all of our time, we can lose sight of the essential things, the spiritual. Uh, meaning that there's nothing wrong with going out and, and doing things that are enjoyable. There's nothing wrong with getting involved in things that are right. So long as we don't lose sight of the spiritual. Let me give you an example. I do believe abortion is murder. I believe that. I believe the Bible teaches that. I believe abortion is murder. And I do believe that those lives are precious. Uh, that, uh, the, the child inside the mother's womb is just as precious as our soul. And I believe that's murder. And I do think we should stand up for that. I, I think we should stand up for truth and say that's wrong. But at the same time, there, there needs to be a balance. We need to understand that even if we shut down all the abortion centers, which wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be a blessing? That would be a praise. 
But even if we didn't, even if we were able to accomplish that, if we didn't lead people to Christ in the process, their souls are still lost. We can't lose sight of what's important as far as the spiritual work. In other words, yes, we need to take a stand for truth. Yes, we need to focus on those things. But at the same time, we need to make sure we're telling people about Christ, how they can be saved, and how lives can be changed. See, that's the work that's in front of us. That's the work of the church. The work of the church is taking the gospel to the lost. That's a commission, Matthew 28, 18 and 20. We're to take the, the good news of salvation to everyone so they could be saved. Uh, I, I like to think of it this way, and, and I, I've seen this in life. You know, when someone is saved, they begin to get things right on the inside. And God begins to work. You know what, if we reach people... And we see a revival in this land, then abortion centers are going to close. Why is that? Because people are going to be right with God, and they're not going to do that. So that's the way to do the work that God has in front of us. Yes, we take a stand on truth, but we must take that gospel out. So I want to encourage you this morning to lift up your eyes. In other words, just take a moment to look around the world. To what's going on, to our spiritual condition of our country, the spiritual condition of the city, perhaps the spiritual condition of those in your family, the spiritual condition of the world in general. Just stop and lift up your eyes. You know, the the thought of lifting up your eyes is to elevate, to lift up. Uh, A good picture of this would be, you've ever seen, you know, you had your, your head down reading something, and if you always kept your head down, you wouldn't see what's around you. That's the thought here. Lift up your eyes so you see uh, what's going on. Here, here's the second one. Notice what he says. He says, look on the fields. So we have lift up your eyes. And the, the second thought here this morning, he says, and look on the fields. So lift up your eyes. Christ not only wanted them to, to pay attention. He wanted to get their attention. But he wanted them to notice something. He wanted them to really see what was going on. And this morning, that's the challenge that I'd like to give you this morning, is to really look and see what's going on. Now that word look on, that word look on, uh, as far as look on, it refers to what we would call an intense, I guess, look. It's more than just a glance, basically. It's more than just glancing at something. It's looking upon something to, to see uh, to think about, maybe, to perceive, to understand. And so this word here is, is basically, it's a word of direction. He says, look on the fields and see what's going on. Now here's some thoughts here. You know, to the apostles. Here we have the apostles here. They were Jewish men. I don't have time to get into all the history of the Samaritans and the Jews. But I can tell you this, they didn't get along. Here, here let me give you one example of how the relationship was between the Jewish people and Samaritans during this time. Samaria was right in the middle of the land. You had Galilee on top, you had Jerusalem down below, and Samaria was right in the middle. It goes all the way back to the book of the Kings and Chronicles when the city was established and it just turned into that region, Samaria. Well, the Jewish people, to go from Galilee to Jerusalem, there were three routes. You could go, the fastest was pretty much right through Samaria. You can go right down the middle through Samaria to Jerusalem. Or you could go way around the coast... And you can go that way, or you can go on the other side of the Jordan River. Well, you know the Jewish people wouldn't go the fastest, because they didn't want to go through Samaria. They would either go way around the coast, or they'd go up the Jordan River on the other side. That was just how they traveled. And the feeling was likewise on the Samaritan side. It wasn't one or the other. They did not get along. There was disagreements. You know, it's interesting. We're, we're, we're what, a few thousand years removed from this time period? I think it's safe to say this is probably the most divided I've seen our country in my lifetime. Now, I'm not saying the most divided ever, because you look back at history, they had problems. But there's a divide right now. There's a divide. And some of it is politics. 
Some of it is being pushed as race, but there's division. There, there's What's happening is there is a division that's coming forward. And if we're not careful, we can fall into that. It's easy to, to fall into when you hear someone and, and see something and then just fall into that trap of, oh, yeah, they're just, they're just bad people or they're just this. And folks, we've got to be careful of that. And, and notice, Christ went through Samaria. Let's go back to the beginning of this, this chapter here. It says here in John chapter 4, and verse 4, he says, And he must needs go through Samaria. You notice this tells us? He wanted to go through Samaria. It tells us he, he didn't accidentally choose the wrong route. He wanted to go through here. He had a purpose. Obviously, to reach that woman. But second, to teach a lesson to the apostles and a lesson for us. We must take the gospel to everyone. Not just those that we're friends with, or not just those that agree with us, but to everybody. You know, I believe as a church, I don't think our church should ever be a quote-unquote Republican church. Or a quote-unquote Democratic church. I think we should be a Bible-believing church that takes the gospel to everybody. And that everybody is welcome here to accept Christ as their Savior. And that goes into other categories too. Whether it's race, culture, whatever the case may be, our responsibility is to take the gospel to the lost. You know, I heard one preacher put it this way. He said, we should never go to knock on a door or to witness to somebody. And when we knock on the door, someone comes to the door and they look different than us. They dress different than us. We should never look and say, oh, I'm looking for somebody else. Your pastor will be coming a little, little while later. He said, no, when we take the gospel to people, we should take it to every person. We should reach everyone. And that's kind of the lesson he's teaching them here. He's in Samaria. And they come to him and they they see him talking to this woman and she leaves. And then he tells them, he said, look on the fields. Now, Now, this is not to say that the apostles were insensitive or that they were mean or they were cruel. I think they were just... They just were part of their culture. They were raised, and they not not to justify it, but that's how they were. And it's easy to become that way. The Samaritans, by the way, the Samaritans were not part of their inner lives. Does that make sense? They didn't think about the Samaritans on a daily basis. They weren't around Samaritans. They weren't part of their inner circle. And so for the apostles, this is getting outside what we would call their, their inner circle. They're now with a group of people that they're not used to being around. And Christ is saying they're just as important as those that are back in Jerusalem. They need the gospel just like everyone else does. So here's what we find. Christ wanted them to look upon these people, to notice them. Here's the thought. Look on the fields. Maybe here in Little Rock. Maybe where you work. Maybe where you live. Maybe you can go farther out, other countries, other nations. But here's some thoughts here. Think about other people. You know, other people have souls. They live lives just like we do. They have good days. They have bad days. They have families. They have friends. They have neighbors. They have plans. They have hopes. They have dreams. They're not much different than us when you really stop and think about it. And the thought is, we're to take the gospel to everyone. Look upon the field. So this morning, what do you see when you think about the world? What do you see when you think about the world? Let me give you a few thoughts. You know, there's a world filled with people. That's what I want you to think about. The world filled with people. The population of the world today is 7.9 billion. That's a round number because you can't keep track all the way down to the exact number. But 7.9 billion people. 
I really can't even fathom that when I think about how many people are on this earth right now. 7.9 billion. But let's bring it closer. The United States today, the population as of 2021 was 329 million people. That's still a lot of people. And if we get closer, Arkansas has 3.02 million people, population. Uh, Greater Little Rock is 432,000 people. Little Rock itself is right around 196,000. That's a lot of people, folks. And each of those people has a soul. And that soul is important. It's important to them. It's important to their friends. It's important to their family. It should be important to us. And that soul will spend eternity somewhere. That's the thought. Look on the fields. There's people out here. There's people. Look upon them so that we see them for who they are. Because that soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. Here's a thought on this. The, the late William Booth, he's the one who founded the Salvation Army. And by the way, it's changed a lot since he founded it. It's a lot different than what it was. When it was founded, the whole goal was to take salvation to the lost. And they would use other means to help people, but the goal was to reach lost people. And as far as William Booth, he was once asked, as he prepared workers and he trained people to do the the task of witnessing and telling people about Christ, someone asked him once, they said, if you could do one thing, one thing to train a worker that you believed would make them successful, what would you do? And he looked and he said, well... It depends. He said, one thing that's within my power or just one thing in general? Anything. And they said, anything. Just If you had the power to do anything and you could do one thing to train your workers, what would you do? And you know what he said? He said, I would take them and I would suspend them over hell for 10 seconds. He goes, that's all that would be needed for them to go out and tell others about Christ. Now think about that for a moment. Now, not that that's ever going to happen. But if we could see the future of those who reject Christ, those who don't know Christ, those who don't accept Christ, if we could just get a real grasp of where they're heading, wouldn't that make us want to tell more people about Christ? About eternal life? About salvation? You see, that, that's the thought here. Look on the fields. There are people out there that are real that have souls, and they're going somewhere. Now that leads me to my last thought here this morning, and that's the lost world. I want you to consider the lost world, because notice what Christ says here. Uh, Verse 35 says, There are yet four months unto you. Lift up your eyes, look on the fields. And then he says this, For they are white, are ready to harvest. They're white, are ready to harvest. So let's talk about the lost world now. You You know, the Samaritans were different than the apostles. And they didn't agree, obviously. But there is one regard that they were the same, and that is they possessed a soul. That's the same thing, you know, we all have in common. Even you could take me and put me on the other side of the world. I still have that in common with those people over there. I have a soul, they have a soul. We might not talk the same language. We might not have the same culture. We might have different likes. We might be completely different on everything else. But we both have a soul. And that's something that we can relate with everybody. Everyone has a soul. Their soul is important. Bible tells us that someone without Christ is like a shepherd, or it's like like a sheep without a shepherd. In other words, they have no direction. They have no hope. And that's the reason we're here, to give people hope, to share with them that there's a Savior, that the Samaritans needed Christ. Well, others in this world need Christ. And that's the thought here, the lost world. You know, this morning, I think there are a lot of souls out there that are suffering. 
their suffering. I see a world of sin, is what I see. A world of sin and suffering. You know, the Bible teaches that sin is bondage when you're in sin. I hope and pray everyone here this morning is saved. Make sure you have understood your need for salvation, that you have... The Bible says repent. The word repent means to change. A change of mind. In other words, it's a change of mind of sin. You understand sin for what it is. A change of mind towards God. You realize who God is. Repent and believe. In other words, believe on Christ. That's faith. Accept Christ into your heart. Believe on Him. Receive Him as your Savior. This morning, that's something you can settle if you haven't settled it already. But if you've settled that, then you're saved. Your life is secure. Your soul is saved. And that's where God has left us here to tell others about salvation. Uh, You know, I read recently a man put it this way, a pastor. He said, you think of everything that God asks us to do after we're saved. We can talk to Him. We can worship Him. We can honor Him, glorify Him. Basically, he said, everything that God asks us to do after salvation, we could do better in heaven than we could do here. So why would God leave us here? It's so we could tell others about Christ. That's the work that we have now. To share the good news with someone else. You know, if you're saved, tell someone else how to be saved. Let them, let them know there's a Savior. Let them know that there's hope uh, if they're struggling in this world. And, and the answer is Christ. Uh, turn to me if you would. We're in the book of John. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And verse 34, John chapter 8, verse 34 says here, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, he says, Ye shall be free indeed. Notice that ye shall be free indeed. You see, it's Christ who sets people free. Christ is the answer to the problems that are in this world today. And we have the answer. We need to share that with others. Let me give you an illustration of, of how you can how you can work the field, so to speak. How you can go out and be part of this. There's a story of a gentleman. Uh, he was a pastor in England for many years. Uh, he's with the Lord now. And he had just in everyday life, taking walks, had met a man, an older gentleman, that they kind of became not close friends, but acquaintances. They knew each other. He invited the man to church, but the man had no interest. Said, you know, I don't want no interest. Don't talk to me about that anymore. Just not interested. And that was it. Well, the man became sick. He was an elderly gentleman. He became sick. So the pastor went over to visit where he was staying. And uh, he was invited into the house. And he went up to the room where the man was staying. He knocked on the door. And and he said, can I come in, visit, sit by your side a little bit and talk? Well, the older man heard uh, his voice and he knew who it was. Uh, He knew it was the pastor. And here's his answer. He said, I don't want you here. He says, you may go away. Really nice and friendly. He wasn't mad. He just didn't want him. Well, the pastor said, he goes, that next day, he goes, I woke up and he goes, and God put that man on my heart. He goes, so I went back the next day. And he goes, I went up to the door and knocked on the door. Because I got the same response. I don't want you here. You may go away. 21 days. Same response. On that 22nd day, that man said, come on in. He sat down, he prayed with him, read some scriptures, continued to visit every other day after that. The man recovered. He visited church on a Sunday morning, talked to the pastor afterwards, and he accepted Christ as his Savior. But it goes back to this man just reaching out to him. 
You know, to reach out to someone, to take the gospel out, one, it takes effort. It takes persistence. You've got to just be faithful at it. It takes patience. Wait on God. And just do the work that God's called us to do. Work the fields. In closing this morning, here, here's a, a picture of this, this scene now. We have Christ here. The, the woman has left. She's went into town. The Bible tells us she began to tell everyone, you've got to come meet this man. He knows everything about me. He's Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one we've been waiting for. People talked about. Well, of course, a crowd was interested. And the apostles were now talking to Christ. And as he's talking to the apostles, the Bible tells us the Samaritans were coming out to see him. I've often wondered if he could see him walking from a distance. And that's what he's told his apostles. I've often wondered if he looked and said, See, the fields are white to harvest. Here they come. They're ready to hear. They're ready to listen. They're looking for truth. They're looking for hope. They're looking for life. You just need to take it to them. You see, the thought being, notice he talks about the the fields being white to harvest. In the late summer, uh, the golden grain, if left too long, will begin to turn white. And fields must be harvested at that time before it's too late. Because if they don't harvest them, they're going to lose the crop. So the picture here really is a picture of importance of working now. He says the fields are white to harvest. In other words, today's the day that we need to take the gospel out. Right now is the time for our church to be a gospel-preaching church, a church that works to send the gospel out. So this morning, look up. I want to encourage you to look up. Look beyond uh, the physical and the material purposes of this world and see the spiritual. Look upon the fields. You think about the fields. You know, large farms often section off fields. Think about the world today. Yeah, the, the whole world's a field. Sometimes you think about 7.9 billion people. That can just be a, a big task. Well, so how are we going to reach them? But you begin to, to think about the fields. Think about your fields this morning. We can think about our country. Our country's a field. Our state is a field. Our city's a field. Where you work is a field. Where you live is a field. Where you go to school is a field. You see... We have fields in our life that God has put us in that we can work, that we can be a witness, we can be a testimony. You see, now is the time to work because now those fields are white to harvest. Now is when we're to do the work. So this morning, I want to encourage you, pray about how you can continue to be involved or get involved in the work of taking the gospel out. Also pray for our church. That we'll not lose sight of this. That this is the, the reason we're here. Is to reach out to the lost. And we have to do this before it's too late. That's the thought. We've got to do it now before it's too late. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.